Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Three Pointer Pod. I'm Brent Clement, your host, and with me, as always, is Brennan Beck and Justin Bridges, my co-host. Unfortunately, Luke will not be joining us today. Um, but in saying that, uh, Justin, what's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot. Anxious to be here. Apparently, I got to talk more, so gonna work on that today. Yeah, yeah, out of boy. We're missing one of our bigger voices, so Justin's got to step up into that role. Uh, Beck, what's going on, bud? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Uh, Justin, as as excited as we are to hear more from him today, he shaved his face, and I'm a little bit mortified right now. And I say that in the nicest right. way possible. But you're going to have to look at him more tonight, guys. No, and that's all right. kind of looks like a velociraptor. That's interesting. Nothing I can really do, to be honest. Nothing I can really do. Were you watching no, that's Jurassic a- Park today or something? Yeah, it like was. What? Actually, no, I was watching some, <laughs> some dumbass um, Jurassic, Jurassic fucking World Jurassic game. No, 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 no. Jurassic games. It's stupid as hell. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's uh, actually the yeah. dumbest show, dumbest movie I've ever watched. But uh, yeah. I suggest it because it gave me some good laughs. And uh, I definitely, definitely think it's funny. Um, interesting way of marketing it but okay well no it's horrible i'm not trying to add i'm not giving a shout out i'm just saying if you like to if you like to make fun of dumb movies get that there's one for you that's a great movie for you solid satire okay gotcha so in saying that uh we'll move right into the basketball beck i'm sure you have some news you want to get out there for us yeah so we got a little bit of stuff obviously like uh with the Friday to Monday turnaround with our episodes, we tend to have a little bit less, but we've got some stuff. Um, something I think both of you guys probably would have seen coming. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks have agreed to remove the interim tag from head coach Nate McMillan. Uh, they've agreed to a four-year deal after going 27-11 to close at the regular season and concluded their season after losing the Milwaukee Bucks in the conference finals. Pretty pretty straightforward move, especially considering where they were at the time. I believe they were yeah. like eleven and twenty. It's uh, it's good. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of people really have praised Nate McMillan in his time in Atlanta, saying his tone around the players has changed and being more encouraging and more patient and less old school, like he was in Indiana. Yeah, Fair it's. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good to see that. Um, and it obviously, as the league changes, it's good to see people change as well. Uh, the Utah Jazz plan to make every effort to bring back Mike Conley once free agency begins, per t- Tony Jones of The Athletic. Uh, Conley, age 33 right now, will be one of the top free agents available this summer. He averaged 16.2 points, 6 assists, 3.5 rebounds, and 1.4 steals while shooting a career-best 41.2% from three. Do you guys think that's a good fit for the Jazz still, or is that something they may want to look to move in a different direction? I I, I, I like him there. I, I like him there too. Well, he's a free agent, so his contract. Oh, he's yeah. a free agent. So he'll be declining um, a thirty-four and a half million dollar player option. Obviously, at age thirty-three, he's hoping for something more long term, right? Yeah. So, um, the other thing to th- note about Mike Conley too is he's missed. Uh, games in the past two seasons with with hamstring strains. Uh, last year he missed about twenty games with a left hamstring strain, and then this year he missed about fifteen or sixteen with a right hamstring strain. So health could be a factor for this guy. Yeah, yeah, other- totally. I, I think somebody will take a chance on him and give him a good contract, though. If the Jazz don't, yeah, for sure, especially the season you just had. 
Yeah. He's he's really one of those like pass first guys. We've seen like a facilitator like Chris Paul, and we've seen the effect that Chris Paul has on teams that he goes to and that he makes players around him better. And I think Mike Conley. The floor general kind of. Yeah. Kind of the captain on the floor, right? So he really gives guys the opportunity to shine there. Um, but the other thing I was going to note about the Jazz, too, is like, I know we've talked about the Jazz a lot, being that they were the one seed. And I don't think we were all totally, totally sold on them as a bona fide contender. Like, is that, you know, obviously their timeline with Rudy and Donovan is they got to move forward and they got to try to win. So maybe it's more of a, you know, we don't really have another avenue to get better. So we've got to try and run this back. No, yeah. Exactly. No, I, exactly. I think it's at that point where if they don't win, at least go to the conference yeah. finals in the next like two, three years, they're kind of done. They're, they're done. They're yeah, done. They got to go. They got to go to rebuild or something, right? Yeah. Well, this is certainly next year. I would assume uh, Rudy heading into an extension and uh, obviously Donovan, I believe now heading into what will be the first year of his rookie scale extension, his rookie scale max. It's uh, it certainly appears to be a make or break type season for them, for sure. Um, speaking yeah. of free agency, uh, teams will be able to meet with free agents on August 2nd at 6 p.m. Eastern time with the moratorium period. So if you guys know what that is, like you can agree to contracts ahead of time, but you can't sign anything until after 12.01 p.m. on August 6th. Yeah. So that, is, that has gone out. Um, I mentioned Chris Paul already. I will mention Chris Paul again. He has admitted that the extra rest time before the NBA Finals has been really good for him. Uh, after Phoenix closed out the Clippers, want to say, do you guys remember when this Game 6 was? For the uh, three, four days ago. Not yeah, sure what day it was. Ago. Yeah. So six days before, would have been a Wednesday. So having closed out the series Wednesday and game one going Tuesday, uh, Chris Paul admitted that he played through partly torn ligaments in his right hand during the conference finals with the Clippers. Um, it's probably something he's not going to recover from, but he has battled a lot so far in this postseason in terms of injuries. A little, a little rest, but yeah, a little rest can it, always help. But yeah, it's, rest it's not something that's going to fix. It's not. It's no. not something that's like gonna like he's gonna wake up the next day and be gone. Yeah, but. it's gonna be changed, right? No, obviously he'll just. Well, I don't know. Throw some ice on or like you know. I'm not a doctor, but um, not a doctor. Work. No, not a doctor. But obviously having that time, especially even just for aches and pains and soreness, is great. Just to have that time off to rest, especially when you're playing something as intense as the. Uh, the postseason. Um, Giannis is having a private workout to determine his status for game one of the finals. Uh, it's rumored that he has made significant progress in suffering a hyperextended knee in game four of the conference finals. Um, he's back. He's you think he's back. back for game one? Yeah. I think he's back, for game, he's back for game two for sure. Yeah, I think he's, he's back. Game two. If he can I, play, I, he's going to play. Yeah. I think, do you... I guess... We knew that if there was a game seven, it was pretty clear he was going to play. That had already been out there already. But do you yeah. think maybe, just maybe, like given the performance they had in game six, they say, look, we don't want to risk this guy? They have, they play again Thursday. That's what I'm saying. 
They they leave them out for a game, leave them out for a game, let the uh, boys battle it out for a little bit, see how they do for game one. He comes back game two if he's needed. I, I don't think there's a chance that the Bucks can win without him though. To be Not honest, even. I I think it'll be. Cl- I think they could make it close. I don't think they're gonna beat a healthy Suns team without Giannis. To be honest, no. like. I I, no, I, I get that they have a good team around him and he does have the, but he's the game changer. He's the one that you need to step up and. But what do you think the that series goes to? The, the, if, if for, I, I think it depends on what Giannis plays. If Giannis yeah. plays in game one, I think, I think it's bucks and six. I, I don't think that. The Suns are going to win, but I think they'll easily get a game seven if Giannis doesn't play every game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, it's certainly in like the finals atmosphere where each team's playing probably their best basketball this time. It's it's so much tougher, especially to come back right in the middle of a series and yeah. then come back from yeah. a deficit. The other thing too is. We saw we saw it in Game Five, of the 2019 Finals with KD, and we saw what coming back early does. And we've seen we know Giannis is a big, bigger dude. So and this the, is- yeah, the the only difference I have with this is that KD was like dramatically injured, like he was like should have been yeah. out for the until like halfway through yeah. the next season. Yeah. Giannis is like day to day. That's where yeah. I'm constructed where I, now, I don't think it's the same situation. I'd I don't say think it's, so either. I'd say, you know what? I'd say it's more of a, a postseason day-to-day thing. Like this is probably an injury we'd see him out for like a couple weeks for in the in a regular season. But obviously this is a much different time, and that's why I call it a postseason day-to-day yeah. thing. Because so, at the end of the day, right? There was no structural damage, correct? That's correct. So my my kind of thought behind that is KD was structurally damaged, and KD should have been out. KD was an idiot for playing. To be honest, he should not have played that game no. whatsoever. He shouldn't he have walked have on the court. He should. He shouldn't. He should have been walking around with a boot on. He, he like. There's no excuse for him to play in that game. And the fact that the trainers let him play in that game is absolutely absurd. I don't think Giannis is the same thing because I don't think it's like where he's like okay, he's partially torn his ACL or something, and like he could completely tear it. That's that's not what it is, right? It's just. He's probably in pain. He's hyperextended. Of course, it hurts. But he's yeah, like, like a Charlie horse almost. No, not not a, not even kind of. It's more so a calf. Like what Katie had a calf strain is basically more or less. It's well, it's a strain of the calf. It's like pulling your groin just just worse, right? Yeah, it's it's in the calf. You're hyper. You're hyperextending your knee. Like your your joints have all like. It's like a dislocation. Like everything, I'm assuming, has gone back into place. Like you know, yeah. or else there's no. It's back to no normal. It was just shaken up. Damage. Yeah. So there's like there's the scar tissue. Like you know, obviously there's some residual pain there and that. But yeah, it's it's also it's weaker, right? Like his he's yeah. not going to be. I would imagine he's not going to be a hundred percent. And now he might be like he's not going to be LeBron. He's not going to be eighty five percent. But he's not going to. I don't know how much it'll hold him back, but I think there's just going to be a slight. I think there's that worry, but yeah, I, I think there's. I, I I don't think they can sit him. I, I just no. in in the NBA Finals, you can't sit your two time MVP. It's it's more it's good for them at least that we're talking about this in Game One 
and not game games. Five yeah, game yeah, two. totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree, but yeah, no, the issue true. is if you sit him out. See, I don't think this is something that's going to go away in a week where there's that potential where he could injure it worse. So it's either you, if he doesn't play game one, there's no, like, I don't think he should play in the entire series because that's how bad the injury is, but it's not something that a day is going to fix no, the injury. Right. So yeah, I, I think, I, I don't think that there's any reason to sit him. If he's going to play, he's going to play. And I guarantee Giannis doesn't want to sit out game one. No, absolutely. In, no. In no, you're right. No, you're right. I think the, the point I was trying to make though is like as bad as it would be to see him miss a game, if there was ever going to be a time for him to miss a game, like in the finals, it would be game like one. It's, it's right now, especially the way his team rallied around him after he got injured, right? Like we saw Bobby Portis step up. We saw Drew Holiday yeah. finally. Yeah, no, pick totally. It up. Chris so. stepped up in a couple of games. That's why that's why I was thinking maybe if you, if in you game six. To, yeah. Go ahead. If he wants to sit out a game and he was debating whether he was going to come back in the series at all, I think game one he sits out, sees how the fellows play, and then, you know what I mean? Yeah. If if he needs to come back, he can come back in game two, and they push it to game seven. Yeah. yeah. Chris, uh, Chris, and, uh, Chris and Drew were literally disgusting in that game six. Drew Holiday looked amazing. He was in triple-double territory. Um, yeah. And then Middleton was kind of, he was really actually off for the first half. And then in that third quarter, I think he had like something like 26 points. He was hitting shots, man. He, he was, was just, he did, it's like shot. a flip switched. And without him, I think they lose that game. I oh, really yeah. do. Oh, yeah. Chris, or if Chris he didn't Middleton, step up. Sorry, go ahead. I think Chris Middleton reminds me a lot. Um, not so much in the way he plays maybe offensively, but in terms of his role, really reminds me of that kind of pre-injury Clay Thompson and a guy that I agree with catch, that will catch fire for you on the offensive end and is gonna give you steady, like hard-nosed defense. I think with Clay, obviously, like in a shot, we see it a little more consistently. But when Middleton gets going, man, like we've seen him outscore teams in the postseason on his own in quarters. Yeah. Yeah, no, and he did that in game six, and I totally agree that he can do yeah. that. I think where him and Clay are different in the fact that Middleton has to get hot to be an impact. And if he's having a bad yeah. game, he's not that impactful. Like he's not that great of a yeah. it, not that he's not impactful, but he's not to the level that he could be. Whereas Clay, he's always no. got that jumper, he's always a threat. He yeah, Mid- Middleton's just not really well, on Clay's level in that sense, but not in the Middleton's- shooting sense, yes, absolutely. But and like in the consistent game changer. Yes, if he's hot. For the team. If, yeah, if Middleton's yeah. hot, he can yeah. take over a game. Yeah. Clay doesn't need to take over a game to be impactful. He 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 can take over the game, but he also plays really, really solid defense and he hits that three ball better than Agreed. everyone in the Just, league except for one person who happens to be on his team. Yeah, on his team. Yeah, and agreed. that's why they're like the best back one of the best backcourts of all time, if not the best backcourt of all the time. The best backcourt in the league right now. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think anyone's get close to that. For no, I don't think it's that. a question. <laughs> no, no. Uh, some some a bit of a different storyline, but the Harlem Globetrotters have stated their intent to join the NBA as the thirty first team. Pardon me. What the Harlem Globetrotters have stated their intent to join the NBA as the first thirty first team, stating they're so interested in joining the league, they're open to relocation if it means joining the league. 
So what are they going to be the the Compton Globetrotters now, or like what's going on? Are they going to like relocate? Like I don't want to hear that. I don't want that. The Seattle Globetrotters. Yeah, that's, that's the one that I was kind of like, the Vancouver Globetrotters. Yeah, that's weird. Like I think I think it'd be cool to have a thirty first I mean, team. Yeah. I'd love to have an expansion team. I don't think it should yeah. be the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> no. I don't I think know anyone where... I don't think that name suits an NBA team. I feel like they'd be oh, kind gosh, of a laughing stock. I wouldn't like, mind seeing them in Canada though. No, obviously Harlem, like the Harlem Globetrotters, like if in some situation this were gonna happen. And look, let's be honest. The game that they play, the celebrity like celebrity style basketball, just you know, trick shots, all that jazz, is completely different than playing. Like street, they, it's not the same thing. It's well, street exactly. ball where they You're do right. bullshit, and it's yeah. It's not like obviously if they join the NBA, that's not what they're going to be doing. I don't. Yeah. I hope not. I hope no. that's not their intent. Because if that's their intent, no. they're going to get beat like one hundred and thirty like, to twelve in their first oh, game. Gosh, no. no, but like the you won't. Yeah, there's totally. It's totally different than like propelling their five foot four Muggsy Bogues up to dunk. Like that guy's off the team. Like, you know, they always seem to have a small guy. He's off the team. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, I think think their pull, I think the pull for like the Globetrotters would be the kind of the fan base. Maybe they do travel fairly well. Like everyone around, most people around basketball know like, what the globe trotters are yeah well some of them probably know who they are more than they know most nba teams and like yeah. i'm sure they could have a fan base i just don't really love uh, them trying to become an nba franchise i feel like they were their own version of basketball that brought yeah. in fans and now you're having this yeah. and it's kind of like i feel like they're like a halftime show they built their yeah. own yeah no, and, exactly. and, and now you have them trying to join the nba and i i, I totally get that it's not going to be Muggsy Bogues propelling himself, like getting propelled up to dunk. I know that's yeah. not what's going to happen in games. That's not my point. I just think it looks think, bad. That I feel like it's a circus show. Do you, so, you want to do you want to destroy that franchise to make them a NBA team, or but, do you want to keep them that and make a new the problem, NBA team? Here's the problem with that franchise: is the franchise that the Harlem Globetrotters have absolutely pales in comparison to any NBA franchise in the market. totally. And that's oh, exactly yeah. why they want to do it. That's why they want to go in. Yeah. Fair enough. And, like, I'm sure, like, obviously the people who, like, play for the Harlem Globetrotters, like, get paid in that. But let's be honest. Do you think any – I, I don't show. follow – Yeah, but I don't follow any of them. I know some of them are, like, have skills. But do any of them actually have NBA skills? Like, if any of them are actually good enough, then they're not playing for the Harlem Globetrotters. Like, they're going to play in the NBA. Yeah, no, you're right. Wait, say say that again. Sorry, I I think I I misinterpreted what you were saying. Oh, you were you were reading? Were you reading the? the Yeah, I was reading it. What? Yeah, I was reading it and not paying attention to you. Sorry, my bad. Okay, so basically, like I was saying that these guys that play for the Harlem Globetrotters obviously have skills, and that's why they're playing for the Harlem Globetrotters. They're fast, like they they're they're hoopers, like they're they're yeah, sure. Some of them can shoot. Yeah, but. If they really have these skills, like why are you going to the Globetrotters is my thing. Like if you're actually good enough to like, play in the NBA. To, to play, yeah. Yes. You're then, going yeah, to get the totally. bag. Like there's there's no there's no I, I guess some of them probably are ex NBA yeah. players. Some of them are 
you know, like some of them yeah, are like street ballers, right? Like there's yeah, some of them are like, just circus acts that can do certain things. They can spin a ball on their finger super, super well or something like. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. The fan base is there to bring it over to the NBA, but I don't. I don't it doesn't translate. I don't it, think it's not honestly. what they do. Isn't really basketball. No. No, it's a it's its own act for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, Let's talk about let's talk about acts a little bit more, um, Brent. We know uh, we know you criticized or had some comments about Chris Paul and his antics in Game Six. Well, one of those guys who happened to stand up to Chris Paul and his antics, Pat Beverly, got a one-game suspension without pay for shoving him in Game Six. I don't care. Don't yeah. I mean, I mean, good, good I for mean, him. He he's yeah. not hurting from one game. No, I, I could give less of a fuck. That he was, doesn't, he probably doesn't care about a, the pay either. So, no, it was That's such a saying. weird play, though. It was such a weird play. Like it was, you... it, it was the it was the heights of the Clipper season. It was the end of it. Yeah, the frustration was setting in, and Chris Paul was still being a douchebag, trying to draw technical fouls, trying to draw fouls by elbowing himself in the head with Demar- Demarcus Cousins' elbow. If I did the exact um, same. Yeah. I'd probably do the exact. I, I, I would have not. I would have done a lot more than push him. To be honest, well, with you. I wouldn't have done it at that moment when he was walking away. But if he, the next time I was guarding him, he would have caught a stiff elbow to the jaw, and there would have been reason for a technical yeah. foul, and he wouldn't have had to draw it. Is all I'm yeah. saying. You you make total sense with the the whole like obviously the Clippers having championship expectations and being a franchise that hasn't like experienced success. This was the farthest they ever gotten in the playoffs, so. No matter whether they consider the season a success or not, it's still obviously disappointing. It's uh, disappointing, so- but what they overcame without Kawhi, it, it, yeah. it's a success. It shows that there is potential for that team. That's impressive yeah. to me. That's impressive to me. They played as as well with Kawhi as they did without him, and yeah. arguably better. On. Like it transitioned transitioned on. So respects to them for that. I think these experiences that some of these teams are having, like without their stars, maybe maybe less so like teams like the Lakers that aren't successful. But like we've seen teams like the Bucks, they've been successful. The Hawks figured out they've got guys who contribute in extended roles after Trey Young went out. We saw what the Clippers did and like what Terrence Mann did and all those guys did when Kawhi went out. Like that's really setting the groundwork for like next season. Like I think we'll see that's Terrence Mann saying. and yeah, I think we'll see Terrence Mann in a, a really expanded role next year, and I think we're going to see a big year from Terrence Mann. Yeah, like, for sure. I always see... liked him. He kind of reminds me of OG for Toronto. Yeah. I don't know why he just does. Maybe it's just the way he looks. But I think I think he's more more or less like he's his offensive game is certainly much much further along. Um, of course, yeah. I I, I was I just think... just the way they play and watching them. He just reminds me of that guy. Yeah. Certain, probably the way he like carries himself or something. Exactly, they both seem um, like they're quiet, but like super hyped up. Yeah, like OG's yeah. hilarious. Like he does, he just doesn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. He kind of reminds yeah. me of Tyler the Creator. Yeah, he's a little right. more out there, but yeah, well, of course, there. but pretty just. No, I, I like OG and right. That's a good point. That he, he does remind me of OG. Yeah. So in saying that. Now that we have said that Chris Paul will be playing in his first NBA Finals, let's talk about the NBA. He'll finals. also be losing in his first NBA Finals. Is how well, I'm going to start this. Um, all right. And if well, he doesn't, he... the NBA is rigged. Honestly, I don't. 
I want to see him win, to be honest. I don't. I want to see Giannis I like Gian- wash him. I like Giannis. I like Giannis, so, too. So. so, listen. I want to just remind someone here and specifically, uh, Brent, because what you just came out and said was not not blasphemous or exorbitant by any means. But Those this is... Words, shut up. <laughs> Sorry, do you want me? Do you want me to dumb it down for you? I don't need you to dumb it down. That just annoyed me. How loud that was! That was just like screaming. I'm smarter than everyone at this table. (laughs) Anyways, the point being is that this episode will be going. And quick mention: we have recently posted a bunch of new episodes uh, that we have recorded on Facebook up to all of our so like platforms: Spotify, Apple Music, uh, the Three Pointer Podcast. Check them out where you get your podcasts. That said, this will be going up Friday, so if you want to say anything crazy, and then in hindsight on Friday, you know. If I'm wrong, in. I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, <laughs> I'm wrong. I don't All care. Right. I don't Fair care. All right. I really don't right. care. You you said fucking – we all said the Nets were winning the chip. Actually, I said the Clippers were winning the chip, but we were all wrong. Yeah. You know what? So yeah. I, don't, I don't care about being wrong, to be honest and- with you. To, let's to be fair just hear the voices opinion wrong, before before like because we were wrong we were wrong i said that i thought the lakers were gonna win the chip uh i was awfully wrong uh but i did say the box was gonna make the final so i'm gonna ride that coattail and say i am like you said you said if the nets wrong. don't win the wrong. final no 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 i predicted i think I think I predicted the Milwaukee Bucks. I bet you think you did. He probably, he probably thinks so. You, you thought I, that, and then you went. Heck, you well, know, if, no, if no, the, the Nets Suns don't were, make the finals, I was predicting. No, no, I was no, predicting no, 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 the no. Suns weren't going, or we're going to the finals too, man. If oh, I, yeah. if I think That's about true. that, true. Me and Bridgie literally said. I'm pretty Suns sure are I predicted the Suns are going to the. Me and Bridgie literally at in the first, like the first we playoff said, episode, we, we said the Suns are beating the Lakers. We said we the Suns totally are beating the Lakers. I didn't. They were not making it past the second so, round for me. So they listen, were not. What's so listen, I'm pretty but, sure I had uh, Suns in the conference final, didn't I, Bridgie? No, you had. If I can think back that far, if only I could. Oh gosh, yeah, really. If only I had that memory. But you did. You did call the Clippers. You you called the Clippers going to the chip, and he's gonna watch this. Watch this. We're gonna see a blank piece of paper pull up, and he's gonna like read it like (laughs) this, and he's just gonna read off like expert predictions that like totally were right, but totally aren't his. Jeez. This is like my podcast book, bro. I just gotta find the page that has my bracket on it. And keep talking because this could take a minute. This box is full of shit. Oh god! Yes, okay. Yeah. So a little, a quick summary about these teams. Uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, obviously, actually, surprisingly, from what many people have thought to be offensive struggles, are actually putting more points up per game than the Phoenix Suns. So in saying that, Milwaukee is scoring 109.8 points per game on 46% field goal percentage. Uh, They are, however, shooting 31.1% from three, which is something they typically relied on in the regular season, taking over 35 attempts per game. Uh, However, they are compensating that and dominating the glass with a league-leading 12.7 offensive rebounds per game. I think they got 30 of those in game six. (laughs) Well, yeah, it looks like they got 30 of them. Yeah, Uh, that also goes with 49.9 total rebounds, and they're averaging 7.8 steals and 4.5 blocks. 
Defensively, Milwaukee has been one of the most impressive teams, if not the most impressive, uh, before we talk about the Phoenix Suns. Um, Giving up an average of 103.7 points per game while holding their opponents to 44% shooting from and 34.4% behind the arc, they're forcing 12.7 turnover and they're forcing 12.7 turnovers. On to the Suns. The Suns are averaging 108.9 on 48.7% field goal shooting, uh, 37.3 from three, 9.1 offensive rebounds, which is also a very strong number, um, and then 6.3 steals and 4.3 blocks on the defensive end. Uh, some more defensive stats for you in the Phoenix Suns. They are giving up just under 102 points per game with 101.9. They're holding their opponents to 43% from the field. 32.6% for three. However, they are allowing 10.1 offensive rebounds. That is something that Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, and Giannis Antetokounmpo could look to expose. You just despite, say Giannis. I, we won't yeah, be yeah, yeah. Despite DeAndre Kumpo. Ayton's brilliance. or, or Brilliance? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like everyone just underrated him before playoffs, and I now think, he's doing what everyone think, thought he should do. Look, look, DeAndre Ayton came in. His role has evolved over time. DeAndre Ayton came in expecting to be like a Joel Embiid-type center that was so physically dominant and skilled that he was going to produce these massive 30-10 numbers DPOY candidate. Obviously, his defense wasn't uh, what we – wasn't that. However, that was his ceiling. And we're not he seeing that. Like because... He's 60 years old, but also 12 years old. Yeah. Which <laughs> doesn't make Aiden? sense. Yeah. Yeah. L- go look at pictures of him online and tell me he doesn't look both 60 and 12 at the same time. I know what DeAndre Ayton looks like. And genetic, like genetically speaking or like scientifically speaking, I think it's pretty damn impossible to look 60 and 12 at the same time. Look! Look! He's got like the face. he's got like the facial features of a six year old man, but he has no wrinkles. Yeah. All right. So let's let's. This is his official. Let's share this because this is actually very interesting. Uh, DeAndre Ayton appears to have the physical, at like appearance, and we'll go into it in greater detail if I can. That's for sure. uh, two screens right now <laughs> it is it, yeah sorry it is a split screen so let me let me try and fix that here but i don't tend to like look at the picture of a player if if it'll update here but i totally you know. do i look at a player and i'm like fuck this guy i i don't like him i'm <laughs> not a fan like fair enough I just don't I, I like the way some guys carry themselves. I don't like Chris Paul. That's just how it is. Um Apparently. I, I was a big fan of Chris Paul growing up. I yeah. loved Chris Paul. But now that he's acting like the underdog when he had the easiest route to a championship I've ever seen, I'm over it. And maybe he'll regain my respect when he loses and humbles himself again and absolutely gets washed by Giannis. But there we go. Give that a try. So there we yeah, have it. Look folks. at him. Yeah, look at that dude. So yeah, DeAndre Ayton, as you can see, his like official NBA, you know, what do you whatever you want to call it, player picture for the season, doesn't know how to keep his right eye open or just like got <laughs> something in it at a really bad time. Um, and clearly feeling the effects of the lockdown as the hair the hair is a little bit uh 
Yeah. Maybe out of out of sorts, yeah. so to say. A little patchy looking. You can zoom in on that. It's really bit. small. I can yeah, let me let me try and zoom in on that a little bit. Um doo, 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 doo. two fingers on the mouse, spread them apart. Hang on, sorry <laughs> there. Um ooh, there we go. There yeah, look at go. look at that dude. That's what I'm saying though. Look, he looks like he's around 60, but he's got zero wrinkles on his face. He also looks 12. To be honest, I when, I, when I first saw him in fantasy, or not on fantasy, sorry, the first time I ever saw a picture of DeAndre Ayton and I didn't know who he was, I thought yeah. he was like on a vet minimum contract. I say, same here, okay. dude. I thought he was a veteran. I'm not going to lie to you. All right. and this like, a veteran of like Vietnam. <laughs> well, like he's that old. Well, all right, let's, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is someone who reminds me he has like the LeBron type beard, and if you take the hair away, honestly, would probably look like LeBron 2.0. Like, I'm, <laughs> he well, just needs the LeBron type hairline too. Look yeah, at that nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks that like somebody stop chest compression nose. Yeah, then he's got like the cheekbones that just like fold over it too that is uh that's rough i don't know where you see the 12 year old though and there's other pictures where he do- where he isn't smiling that his face just has no wrinkles yeah and, and it just he looks like he's about like 13 years old but then you see other pic- that's what i'm saying like some some days yeah. he looks like 60 some days he yeah. looks 12 he just varies between the two ages that's he just fair. whatever he feels like if he feels like getting into bars in the states he, he, he's just how old is DeAndre yeah. Aiden? He's DeAndre got Aiden's 20, 22. Okay, yeah. yeah. So he is legal in the States now, but he, he wasn't last nah. year. No. He probably wasn't no. getting ID'd anyways, let's be honest. Yeah, right. Oh, I'm sure he wasn't, but like he definitely wouldn't have got ID'd no. if he looked like he did in that picture. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of got to walk right. into a liquor store and they assume he's a regular, even though they've never seen him before. They've never seen him before. <laughs> Yeah, have I seen you before, man? Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. He Anyways. looks like he has a little cabin in the woods. That's uh, that's oddly specific. <laughs> a really first tall cabin out, in the woods. First, first you need you a massive cabin like, in the woods for that guy. Yeah, first, first you come up with Velociraptor, and now you're coming up with cabin in the woods. You're, you're like, I'm gonna roll. Did you, did you just watch movies today or something? Like he's all over the map today, dude. He's all over the map today. Yeah, yeah, so, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Um, do you want to talk about? So we talked about the team comparison. Do we want to go into player by player, coach like coach and bench before we go overall predictions? Or yes, but I do not want to compare coaches. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, that is you way too to... statistical I'm, for my. No, I'm good with that. Back, you okay. were back. Listen to me, man. Listen to me for a second. You were ripping off stats for both teams, the Bucks and the Suns. Yeah, I just turned off to, my headphones for that. Dude, too, I was just, I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, yeah, rebounds. Okay, steals. Yeah, turnovers. Yeah, makes sense. No, yeah. m- more numbers, more numbers. Yeah, more numbers. Yeah, more makes numbers. sense. I, the, yeah. the only reason I didn't care, it's not that I didn't care, it's just that I knew that I wouldn't remember a single one three uh, minutes later. So I just, turned it off i think i heard like 6.7 rebounds that's the only stat i remember and that's i don't remember any of them because my headphones <laughs> that's were, but... uh 
I don't know where you got six point seven rebounds from. That's uh it was a play it was a single player. I don't know what player we, we were talking about, we but we haven't talked about single players. Yeah, so <laughs> that so, tells you how much I I recollected from that. So, Anyways, give her a bud. You wanna go you wanna go into you wanna go straight into predictions or you wanna go into Pla- players, players player? player comparison, bench comparisons. I don't want to touch coaches. All you right. can touch coaches. I don't care. Yeah, you can but too. It, it's, I, can I'm not commenting on that because I don't think NBA coaches do as much as we think they do. The, the only thing – I think NBA coaches, we've said it, are more known for how they manage their players rather than how they coach their players at this point. Totally. Um, I think we know like LeBron could just walk up off the bench to the scorer's table and just pick who he's going on for at that point. Um, yeah. Like. It's I'm pretty sure he does do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty I f- sure he I does. I feel like he would. I feel like he would honestly too. I, feel I think, like I, he's I, I, think I watched him. one game where Kevin Durant did that. He just went over to Steve Nash and said, "Yeah, I'm taking him off," and then just walked onto the court. So yeah, and we've talked about Kevin Durant before and how he is as a as a leader and a, a teammate. So that's uh, yeah, that yeah. would not surprise. Well, me we we've talked about a lot of players, like, but I think it happens <laughs> more have. times than you think. I just don't think the NBA really wants to show that. No, I think I would agree with you there. I think there's a lot of players that have the kind of power to do that. Uh, the one I want to see though is I want to see LeBron like take his chair on the bench and then slide it to the left of Frank Vogel and just assume the role of head coach. That's what I want to <laughs> see. I just want to see him put a chair le- to the left of Frank Vogel, like in the middle just of the like, game. Yeah, that's my role now. Yeah. Well, the issue is most a lot of these players are better players than their coach ever was. And I feel like there's a lack of respect in some senses, especially to newer coaches. I hate to say Um, it. I would agree with you that we're seeing more and more times now where newer coaches are coaches who are former players. I think some of the best coaches that we've seen recently come through. Um Monty Williams was a former player. We're going to see Steve Chauncey built. Steve Nash, yep. Um, Chauncey Jason Billups. K- yeah, Chauncey Bills is going to get his chance. Jason Kidd, Emmy Adoka, Ty Lue. Like, yeah, where, Ty Lue. Yeah, he's we, a good one. He's been a coach Ty for a while, Lue. though. That's true, but still, a, a guy who, you know, a lot of guys who have been there, done that in the league, and earned respect yeah. for players because they know what the grind is like in the NBA, right? which is totally understandable from a player standpoint as to why you would connect better with those guys. Totally. And unless, yeah. unless you're someone like Greg Popovich, who I don't know if he, if he played ever played in the NBA, but I think I, he did, but I could be wrong. Even, even so, like, even so we look at someone like doc rivers, who certainly who did play, but is certainly more known for his coaching career than his playing career. Yeah. Unlike some of these new guys that we're seeing. Right. So I think that that playing career certainly commands a level of respect. And when they say something, you listen, right? As a player, because yeah. they know they know they know what up. it's like. Yeah, yeah. So just to kind of touch briefly on the coaching, because I know you guys don't want to talk about it, and it's literally going to be like one sentence. Something I read is that for a lot of people, Monty Williams inspires confidence, and Mike Budenholzer inspires memes. So inspires memes? Did you say? inspires memes wow yeah why do you say so, that why do you say that so basically to keep it as short as possible because i know you guys like don't want to talk about this um mike budenholzer has been particularly particularly stubborn throughout his time as an nba coach 
and has more often than not just stuck to his system regardless of result and is often known for not playing his star players the kind of minutes you would see guys like LeBron and stuff play in the playoffs. Like consider last year Giannis averaged 38 minutes per game in the playoffs. This guy averaged 38. Like that's in a league that it's 48 minutes and you're playing your guy almost letting him sit almost a quarter of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, you let him sit 10 minutes. Okay, I, 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 get, I, mean, I get what you're saying. That's his style. I don't hate that style of play, especially because these no. guys are tired. They do have big bodies. <laughs> and yeah. it, it's a physically exhausting game. Yeah, but at the end of the day, if it's like if you're out there for 10 minutes and you're getting killed in those 10 minutes and they're not there, you got to find a way to change it. And if you're getting killed specifically on defense or you're getting killed in some way on offense – Mike Budenholzer has been known not to adjust his style, and that's where he's taught a lot of flack as a coach. Yeah, he's got a lot of flack, but I, I mean, I think it's respectable. I mean, he, he well, doesn't. I, I understand. I understand what he's yeah. what he's doing. He's I say it's respectable it. because that's I, probably yeah, how I, I would be if I was saying. an NBA head coach. Because I, I, yeah. I think I'm but, right, and he thinks he's right. But yeah, sure, sure, he thinks he's right. But if it's clearly not working by what you're seeing on the court and it's you're losing, you have to change it eventually. Yes. No? And eventually, yeah. But, I mean, it's not like his team's not making playoffs. No, but think about it. That team is built to be a playoff contender and a team that's supposed to win championships with the guy, the leader they have, Giannis, and the team around him. And, unfortunately, they haven't been able to get there. Because the way they they play have played the same way in the playoffs that they would usually play in the regular season up until probably this year. And you know, yeah. eventually yeah. eventually you Something's can only happen, try man. it. Yeah, eventually you can only do that so many times before you have to say it's not working, we need to change this. Totally. Right? And he has done that a little bit, I think. Yeah. And certainly with like he certainly began to do that in defensively, especially in the conference finals where we saw much less switching on defense and we saw Drew Holiday literally guard every single stuck. player on the, he, he guarded one through five. Wow. I mean, specifically when Trey Young was on the court, Drew Holiday was stuck to this guy. Like, yeah. But in that game six, I, I know Trey wasn't a hundred percent that, that no, Trey played absolutely. awful, awful in that game six, yeah. which he, he did like, there's no, 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 absolutely. Here. no, no, yeah. no absolutely. But, but what Drew Holiday did in the absence of Giannis, where he was, I don't know how many steals he had. He had to have five. Uh, Drew Holiday, yes, yeah. he had. Yeah. He had four steals. Four. Okay, so yeah. he had four steals, but he had a lot of knock balls, deflected passes, and like he he, yeah. he was dominating. Dude, he was just team. dialed. He was dialed in. How many rebounds did he have? He had, he had nine rebounds. Yeah, so he he was a monster. Yeah, and this so he, he was the scariest person. Other than the third quarter, Middleton had he was the scariest yeah. player on the court. I want you to think about it this way: the last time we saw someone ever post um, five like five in five different stat lines, so say like points, rebounds, steals, blocks, assists, yeah. you get that. It was Draymond Green. Back in 2017. I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah, neither. Man. No, but we've seen the, and I'm not saying Drew, like Drew Holiday's Draymond Green, but 
the impact that Draymond Green has on a game isn't always reflected in his scoring, and usually it's not reflected in his scoring. And we we know Drew Holiday can score the ball, but the impact that he's still been able to have despite some of the shortcomings that he's had offensively has been absolutely huge. He's played very I, – I like yeah. that player comparison, actually, and I know they play very opposite positions in 4, 5, and 1, but they're – he looks like Draymond. The way he's distributing the ball well, he's and honestly mm-hmm. he he's done better scoring. He Absolutely. he scored the rock like quite a lot in the last couple yeah. of games. I, I watched him in that first quarter. He had like eight of the first eleven points. He he was awesome. Yeah, then ball yeah. man. Would you would you say because we we just talked about that comparison, and I would say the same thing for Draymond and Golden State. Do you think Drew Holiday is the catalyst to the Milwaukee Bucks like Draymond Green is to the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, that, that's why I like that player comparison is because I, I yeah. think he does for obviously very yeah. different teams in structure. But I, I think he kind of does the same thing. What do you, yeah, what he brings yeah. to the table for the team. I think yeah, like it's very it's very easy to say that with Steph and both with Giannis, those teams will only go as far as those two take them. But at the same time, those teams won't kick it into high gear or go very far at all <laughs> if those if Drew and Draymond aren't out there doing that. I, I've said it before. I think Draymond's probably yeah. the most impactful player on the Warriors. I know Steph in the yeah. scoring and his step back threes and everything he does for that team yeah. is obviously like the flashy, like the number one guy on that team. But mm-hmm. I think when it comes to leadership and like like you said, the catalyst of the team, I think Draymond and Drew do that more than really anyone no and i think you're totally right about that because when you're passing the ball when you're rebounding the ball when you're playing great defense and forcing tough shots and even getting steals and blocks those things contribute eventually end up contributing so much more to the game than just scoring say 35 40 sometimes even 50 points may right because you're preventing baskets you're like you're allowing baskets to happen like you're and think about the assists that these guys get like assists are like, I think assists is probably the most underrated stat because if you're getting assists and I know that sometimes it's like, okay, you pass the ball and then Steph does something gross and he, and he scores the rock. But a lot of the time it's opening up lanes and stuff and making nice and dropping dimes on these guys that literally allow that player that may not score the ball normally to open them up and score. And especially when Drew was playing well on offense, especially because they were doubling Drew Holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were consistently – Atlanta was consistently doubling Drew Holiday in that game six. And that's because he was hitting threes. He was he was really, like honestly, the best player on the court other than when Chris Middleton got hot for a quarter. Great, Dude, great, passers, people... great passers pass people open. Yeah. That's the difference between great passers and guys who make the open kick is, yeah, you can get eight assists making kicking the ball out, but if you're not putting it in the shooting pocket where these guys need the ball to score or make a play, then, A, it's not a great pass, and, B, you're not really aiding them in scoring. Yeah, no. You've given them the opportunity, but... You and know, if you think about it, it, if you score 20 points and have eight dimes, that's at least 36 points that you've attributed to. 
Exactly. And a not lot of the times, in, more of those are threes. So Not even including the points that you helped it on defense as well. And, exactly, and right. including the, the past leading to fouls, passes leading to other things. The like yeah. I think facilitating is probably the most important part of the game. Like if you have a great facilitator, yep. he can totally open up a not so great shooting team and make them a better yeah. shooting team. Chris Paul think, does it, and I think Drew Holiday has yeah. done it. I like think he's what I think the the greatest skill in the NBA, you say facilitating, but if you open that up to playmaking and the ability yes. to make plays not only for yourself but others, that's what we're seeing in today's NBA is guys who can, sh- in a dream scenario, five guys who can shoot and five guys who can make plays for themselves and others. Yeah, and that's no, totally. What, yeah, and I think that's that's totally like facilitating is absolutely, if you can facilitate for yourself and others, that's exactly what playmaking is. And yeah. that's what that that's why that skill is so valuable is because it opens up so much on the court. Literally. But well, you basically turn yourself into two players. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Just, it's it's unguardable. Just, if, if if they have to if you can pump fake someone, get, get them up in the air and then dish a pass or take it to the rack yourself, it, it's unguardable. Because the yeah, they're either gonna have to close have. in on you. And I mean, Trey Young did it as like fantastically from one play that I remember in game six where he pumped fake. I forget who he got up in the air and then stepped back and did a step, did a nice step back. And then he had, I forget who, who doubled him and closed in on the shot and then facilitated it out to, uh, I believe it was Bogdanovich. But the problem with that team was they just, they, Atlanta was off in that yeah. game. And Trey Young was off, and if they're both off, they just can't. Mm-hmm. The the only player that wasn't off was uh, Justin. Help me out here. I totally forget his name. He, he was injured. Herder? Ginger? No, 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 no. Horder Herder was off. Herder. Herder was fucking Herder, horrendous. Herder was off. Yeah, I honestly didn't pay attention. Uh, he didn't hit a shot for Cam, the first two quarters. Cam Reddish is probably Cam Reddish. Yes, yes. Um, Cam Reddish mm-hmm. was. Incredible. I think he shot what seven for eight or six or seven from three. Yeah, I did see that. Reddish was playing really yeah. well. Six for seven for three. Yeah, that was that was incredible. That was fucking yeah. nuts. He stepped up in that role. And if they he he would have been the answer had they been playing decently up to that. Yeah. Point. Yeah, you're right. That they played I horrible. They and he played almost awful. Him at all. They played awful. And he was just yeah. going in. And he was just doing he what was he hitting was. step back I mean, threes. He yeah. he looked gross. He looked like James Harden for a minute. I think the guys that take like take a lot of threes for the Hawks, uh, we don't see Cam Reddish take a lot of them. He has traditionally has been a great shooter. Gallinari shot three of five, which is good. But look, your main guys, your like your herders, your youngs, your Collins, combined shot ooh, like oh uh, what no, sorry. My bad. One of fourteen. Yeah. Like yes, yeah. those yeah. Really? And, yeah, yeah. It was and, horrendous. And that's from three, yeah. right? That's from three. That's correct. well, yeah. Trey didn't hit a three, and then and he took like I think it was eight yeah. attempts. He was and shooting he horribly. Six. six. Okay, sorry, my bad. Yeah. He was shooting but horribly. you look at like yeah, Cam Reddish, Danilo Gallinari, Bojan Bogdanovich, like we're the only guys to make more than one three. Gallinari looked you, good. Yeah, but then you consider, look, like when you add it all up, half of the, like you made one attempt. Yeah, you shot 12 of 32 from three. But, like, 
what if five, six guys in your team shot one of 16? Like that doesn't, that doesn't work. I'm sorry, because <laughs> can you kick it to like, you're not going to, if you're trying to force feed Camretta, she's going to miss. He's going to get cold. Same thing with Gallo. Yeah. Like, these guys can't do it on their own, right? Like, we know but they're, that. But they're not they, glorified superstars. <laughs> and Trey Young was trying to prove that he was not in, in game six. I know his ankle was probably bugging him a little bit. But you know what? His mobility wasn't hindered. He, he was landing on it fine. He, he looked fine. Like, he looked healthy. It's not like he was limping around the court. And he, you know what it was? The, the announcer said it. 10 times during the game is it was his timing. He just didn't look good. And yeah, no, he just, he looked off. I mean, it happens all the time. Guys have off games, but when you're going into that game six, do or die, you can't have an off. You game. can't, no, you can't, you no. really can't. Especially that's your moment when Giannis isn't on the court. So and that's you, that's and why Atlanta wasn't a threat is because they didn't have those guys that could step up and play an no. entire game and, and win, win a series because they didn't even win a game when Giannis was out. Like they they couldn't and, win game yeah. six against an injured Bucks team. Like you, I'm sorry, do do I don't that? think the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. I don't I don't think they're maybe top three, but they're like skill wise they're not. They're not there. And who the Bucks? Yeah, without Giannis. They're horrible. without Giannis. No, without absolutely, Giannis, no. absolutely. They're not. No, I yeah. That was that was the part I missed, but I have to agree. With with, you that. Without Giannis, they're not really even like they they'd be a playoff team, but they'd be more like a like a six seven C guy. They're six, more of a they're at that point they're similar to what the Raptors are at this point. They're exactly. Alive. Yeah. So, yeah. But in saying that, in in summary, like the Atlanta Hawks clearly have a a bright future ahead of them, and really stepped up this time, but also a very, very expensive looking future now too. Yeah. So yeah, they, I, I think, don't think this playoff run helped them. No, it'll be no. interesting. It'll be interesting to see where they go from here. I think, I think if anyone's in a position to add talent, it's gotta be the Atlanta Hawks like this off season in terms of what they have trade wise. I think the trade market's the way to go for them. Probably. But, yeah. Even free yeah. agency. Like, Yeah. But that yeah. shifting back to shifting back to the finals, um, I'm going to basically take you through each individual matchup in the starting lineup, and you guys can give me a name, and then maybe I will read some stuff off to you. How's that? Okay, as, sounds good to me. As Brent holds up his his plastic his empty twelve rings, yeah, so. Expect a lot of intelligence coming from the top of your screen here. Just wait till uh, Friday. I'll have three of those rings. Yeah. I'll be uh, back in Uno Mento. You, 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 guys, you guys can handle this for a minute. I bet. Give her. All right. Bridgie, I will take you through. I, how about this? I'll take you through every single individual matchup, and we can explain them sort of in – what you see from a basketball standpoint. And then I will talk to you a little bit about by the time, hopefully he gets back, we'll take him through the same thing. And then we can explain it more from a numbers sort of standpoint as well. All right. Sounds good to me. All right. So I think the first one and maybe probably the toughest one is drew holiday or CP three. 
Ah, oh, that is a tough one. That's a real tough one. Because yeah. Look, as much as as much as we talk about Drew Holiday being that kind of catalyst for for the Bucks, CP3 does a lot of that as well for the Suns, if for not the Suns. to yeah. the same extent, right? Um, See, I just I, I I like Drew and how he's been playing lately compared to CP3. You know what I mean? Okay. Recently, you, so there's, a, there's there I, is a recency bias there. A bit of a recency bias there, yeah. Like, okay. if Drew wasn't playing as well as he was, I would take yeah. CP3. And I think there's – I think the one thing – You guys are comparing is, Drew and CP3 right now? Yeah. Yeah, take your, take your pick. Are you going Drew or are you wow. going CP3? We already know who he's, we already know who he's taking. <laughs> I, no, no, I'm, I, I'm taking CP3. Oh, are you? Really? Jeez. Okay. okay. Uh, sorry, like, are we talking about in this series or, like, all time? Yes, uh, no, no we're, in taking, we're talking about in this series who has the advantage at each position. So, yeah, I, I'm going to take this one at a tie. That's fair. And you know what, actually? I, I'm going to read these off to you, some of these off to you, because it is actually shocking how close they are in most that, that's I, I'm going to have to – yeah, I, I have to take this one as a tie. I like Drew yeah. better than I like CP3 right now. CP3 is the better all-time player. But yeah. at the end of the day – I'm, I, yeah, I have to take them as a tie. Okay. Yeah. So some quick numbers for you on both of them. Uh, Drew Holiday, 17.6 points per game, 8.4 assists, 5.6 rebounds, 30% from three, 42% from the field, two and a half turnovers, 1.5 steals. Um, he is leading an offense at a rating of 112.7, while his defensive rating is 104.6, player impact estimate of 11. CP3 is 18.1 points per game, 8.7 assists, 3.9 rebounds, 40% from three on three attempts, 2.2 turnovers, and 1.4 steals, leading to a 16-player impact estimate. The reason – because everything is very, very close there. Um, Drew Holiday at 0.8 value over replacement players, CP3 0.9. Offensive win shares for – and this is where it gets a little bit different. CP3 is contributing 1.3 win shares on offense per game versus Drew Holiday's contributing 0.3. But Drew Holiday's contributing 1.2 defensive win shares versus CP3 0.8. The thing, and the thing, the reason that I'm going to pick Drew is age, age is a factor. I think health is a factor. I think we know the stuff CP3's been going through. We don't. I think I would imagine Drew Holiday is healthier, but the main reason I picked Drew is because Drew Holiday is contributing at a pretty much equal level to what CP3 is, albeit on much worse efficiency. He is taking a higher volume, but I don't expect Drew. Like, can we really expect Drew Holiday to shoot thirty percent from three? Like, I know it's the no. finals, but come on, this is a guy who shot over forty percent in the regular season. Something's something's got to give. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, like I, I keep bringing back to Game Six, but Milwaukee is being horrible in playoffs compared to the regular season shooting. Absolutely, and yeah. the the reason the reason I talked about Mike Budenholzer and how they're adapting this year is Milwaukee shot just over just under thirty eight percent from three this year, which is pretty good around the league, but they were. 
they're very, very close to the top in terms of attempts and makes per game. Yeah. Just because of the high volume they shoot. And we've seen the percentage hasn't translated, but what we've seen in turn is an increased amount of offensive rebounds and second chance points. And yeah, they're making up by, for it elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. They're, they they're finally, working all, all over the court. Yeah, and they know they have size, obviously. Like, they know their, what their starting lineup is. Um, and they know how to crash the glass because they can send two or three big guys. And look, Brooke Lopez might be able to get shut down, but if Giannis Antetokounmpo is driving, like, going for an offensive rebound, I like his chances against just about anyone on that roster. On that yeah, and roster even, even P.J. Tucker, he's been having a field date offensive rebounding. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And and it comes sometimes, too, from shooting threes. Like, threes create long rebounds. Yeah, so yeah, they're, they're more reboundable. It's not like under the glass, they're boxing out. Yeah. It's just where the ball is going, predicting that yeah. and much how someone like yeah. Dennis Rodman got his rebounds. Absolutely. Um, the thing, the thing I think going back to Drew and CP3, and I mentioned why I take Drew, and honestly, in that matchup, I I would take Drew. I think, I think CP3 is at a point in his career where his age restricts him. We've seen better defense from CP3. Um, well, he's led the league in steals a couple times, hasn't he? Absolutely. No, we've seen some. Sometimes where CP3 could have been very well been a defensive player of the year. Um, and he's been first team all defense in the past. So yeah. the reason I take Drew Holiday is age. And also I like health. Drew Holiday's chances. Yeah, health. And I like Drew Ch- Holiday's chances of breaking out. Like, so I do like I. Him. So do I. And stepping up. And yeah. CP3's obviously, he's. it's not like he's going to be bad in the finals. I mean, may, maybe he's horrendous. Maybe he just. But he, I, I think CP3 is either going to be the best CP3 we've seen this year or the absolute worst. And I think, I think even if he's the best, I think Drew has the capability to kind of almost, even if he can't shut him down, slow him down. Slow him down. A lot. So that, and I, I think yeah. what's around CP3 isn't as good as what's around so, Drew. Especially so if honest comes back. Well, yeah. if, if Giannis doesn't come back, I'm taking the Suns in the series. But yeah, I like yeah, I like what you said there, Brent, and I think that's a good place to leave that matchup. Uh, moving on, and this one, we're going to the two guard, and I think it's going to be pretty obvious. I think I know what you're both going to say right away. Uh, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton. Okay, I'm going to let Justin go first, and then I'm going to let you go back before you say your stats because. I'm gonna come off the wall a little bit here. Hang okay. on, you want to take you want to take Chris Middleton. You do want to take Chris Middleton. I yeah, I I, I do. I want to do the really? same. I want to do the exact same thing. I want to take Chris Middleton. Really, but I think in terms of best player, I think I have to take Devin Booker. Yes, like you can't ignore that. But if I'm trying to build, like. Look, is Devin Booker the better player? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes, he is. Yeah. But yeah, who's, chances are, and what we've seen, who's going to help me win better if I'm picking my best five? Probably Chris Middleton. Yeah, and Especially yeah. on the defensive end. And that's exactly where I was going to go because, and I won't go into my stats, but we've seen what's been labeled as a great postseason debut for Devin Booker offensively. 
But what we've seen from Chris Middleton is largely similar on similar efficiency um, on probably actually somewhat better efficiency um, and just an overall much better offensive con- defensive contribution. And yes, yeah, so what I'm going to bring up here too, it's going to be the opposite of the CB3 Drew age thing is I don't think Devin Booker's experienced enough to necessarily have a great finals. And he might. He could step up to the plate. We've seen him do it. But I, I like Chris's chances of being the more dominant player two ways down the court than Devin Booker. Sure, Devin Booker may have the odd game in the finals. He might have two 50-point games or something. But he's not. He, he's not contributing as much as... Middleton as well on both ends on both ends of the court. And I think that's what it comes down to in this matchup. I'm not saying who I'd rather build around on a team, but in this finals matchup, I have to take Chris Middleton. Yeah, no, absolutely. The other thing I think about too, when we see Devin Booker's like, look, we've seen, I think we've seen it level out a little bit where we've seen some games from Devin Booker where like he's shooting 44% from the field, which actually like isn't sorry Incredible. pardon me yeah 44 percent from the field and 34 percent from the three both not incredible them, no both of them no like not even close but like below league average for sure um and we've seen we're starting to see maybe some more empty and this was a criticism of him earlier in his career empty calorie games where yeah. he's putting up these numbers but it's on totally less less to good efficiency yeah and it's also uh, he he has these games where sure he's the guy that's stepping up but is he the guy that's going to carry them to a win yeah, and, and or finish, to a, at least to a series, series win and when, i i don't think that he's going to do that in like yeah. a game six seven scenario whereas sure in game three they might be down by 20 and he might go off and bring it into a close game and have a 50 point game he might not even win them the game but he could have 50 points i'm not gonna disattribute what he can what he can do but like yeah i don't think he has that winning mentality yet the other thing i want to say because it's i think it's been true for just about every team that milwaukee's gone up against the milwaukee bucks individual defensive talent is a factor and we're going to see more attention paid to Devin Booker in this series than we have in any other series, strictly because Milwaukee has the ability to do that. Totally. And he, you, it may be different if Kawhi was healthy for the Clippers, but he wasn't, yeah. and we didn't get to see it. And no. you know what? The Clippers still held Devin Booker down pretty fucking hard. I mean, he did have a broken broken nose I mean, and had to wear a mask. So I don't really I mean, care about the mask yeah. and broken nose, to be honest. I... <laughs> I know it's the NBA and players are soft, but I, I mean, it's, it's the playoffs. Guys, yeah. I get your nose hurts, but at the end it's of the day, irrelevant. it's a fucking but, nose. Yeah. That's yeah, fair. Exactly. That's no, fair. I, I was going to argue with you guys, but now, you say, now that you say like all those points that you did, but the defense yeah. and everything like that, not much I can say, but I wanna, honestly, I'm, I'm going to still take book. I want to read you. And you know what? I'll take book as well because book, is the better player like i have to give him that despite what numbers may say but i do want to read one thing for you justin i want to read you so box plus minus is basically someone's contribution uh adjusted to an average team over the course of like a game 
right? So it's your plus minus, whether you're better or worse. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker's offensive box plus minus 0.8. Not like great. It's good. It's good. It's, it's winning. Good. It's winning. Okay. But his defensive box plus minus negative 0.7. So, so it almost fine. evens out at zero. Yeah. So when you consider okay. that this guy who's been your lead option throughout the playoffs has really been a net and and don't get me wrong, Chris Paul's box minus the, like, the word you're better, looking for better. The word you're looking for, and I hate to say it, average. Is it oh think, like is he's average yeah. during the playoffs? Like, is is he sc- is t- scoring twenty seven points per game in the playoffs average? No, but we could def we definitely I definitely say we saw KD score twenty seven points per game on a much better efficiency. Yeah, box. You know what I mean? Like his offensive mm-hmm. his offensive contributions would have been much better in terms of box plus minus and stats, just because he scores the ball more regularly and more efficiently. It doesn't take him as many possessions to do that. Yeah. Um, but going back to the box plus minus, Chris Middleton, 1.8 offensive box plus minus and 1.5 defensive box plus minus, which rounds out to 3.3 box plus minus. When which I, I, I'm the first one to hate on these stats. I hate them. I think they're fucking awful. But at the end of the day, they do mean something. Yeah. Yeah. But when you look at it that way and you look at the fact that one guy is 3.3 points better, like when he's on the court, his team is bet 3.3 points better off with him on the floor, both like overall. And then you look at a guy like Devin Booker, it's hard not, it's hard. You have a solid, more than solid argument to say that Chris Middleton would be more valuable to your team. But obviously, Devin Booker, we know, is the better player, which makes yeah. it. Which makes it a little bit different. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little tough in that. that that's why, yeah, like, this is another one which I think is really close. It's like, I still take Middleton, but yeah, another one that might be close. Actually, it's not as close when I think about it. I did kind of steer away from some stats for these ones because I think they're a little bit more obvious. Let's just get the first one out of the way. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Jay Crowder. Like, I'm... Is this really... like No. If, if Giannis Antetokounmpo had two hyperextended knees and was recovering from this, I'd still take him over Jay Crowder. Yeah. The, the, like, the, the two-way impact that that guy has is... Not to shit point. away... Sorry, back. Sorry to cut you off. Not to shit away the fact that Jay Crowder's been playing insanely good for the Suns. Absolutely. For and what Jay he Crowder, is, yeah. For what he is, you're right. Yeah. You're Jay right. Crowder has essentially maxed out his role in what he is for the Suns. In that Jay Crowder is your your defensive stopper, is one of your top defensive stoppers, and will hit his threes on the other end. And he's yeah. done that. He's done that in the past throughout his career in the playoffs. And he's just doing it again for the Suns. Yeah, but he's been super valuable. Totally. But he, he's been Giannis. really, really good, but it's it's when you're putting him. How many MVPs does Jay Crowder have? Like, well, yeah, exactly, right? Like, exactly. That's it's not it's no contest, and I think no. Jay Crowder is like the best one that like the Suns have to go up against Giannis, but they don't have they don't have that guy. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you there. Uh, the next one I want to go on to, and I don't think it's I really don't think it's that close. I think they offer a lot of the same stuff. 
But Mikael Bridges and P.J. Tucker. Mikael Bridges and P.J. Tucker. I think they're both the X factor. I think mm, I think I think you're gonna see it see a bit of a different X factor for Milwaukee because Yeah, maybe, but I think I think, I, I, I want to correct myself and say Brooke Lopez could be that X factor. And that's exactly where I was going with that because I think PJ Tucker, we know we're getting hard nosed, borderline, borderline fouling defense. Uh, and if he hits his threes, great. If not, he's still going to play hard-nosed defense, chase offensive rebounds, and do the nitty-gritty for you, which is still very essential for – especially in the playoffs. Um, but I like Mikael Bridges in that matchup because I think Mikael Bridges has much more offensive upside and physical tools in terms I, I of would ability ta- to score. I would take Mikael Bridges in that, in that too. I think Mikael yeah. Bridges on another team would be six-man of the year. I think even I think even more than that. I think he could be. I mean, you put him on a roster next year with the ability he has. And if you've ever seen, like, if you've ever seen Mikael Bridges before, he kind of looks like a skinny, skinnier Kevin Durant. If that's yep. even possible. Yep. Yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from, and I like Mikael Bridges. I think he can be an X factor for the Suns. I just. I, and I'm going to take him in that matchup. I just don't think it's like by that much. I don't think it makes up for the Giannis mismatch. No, no, I don't absolutely think so either, not. but I am taking him in that as well. I think I think both Mikhail Bridges and uh PJ Tucker fill a similar role. I just think Mikhail Bridges has more upside to contribute more, which is why I would take him. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then the next one, I think this one's not very close, but I think depending on the way the series goes, it could be very close. And that's obviously the center matchup with Brooke Lopez and DeAndre Ayton. See, in my opinion, Aiton's the better player by a mile. We know yeah. this. Yeah. But yeah. when it comes down to a game five, six, seven, I, I I think that I'd rather have Brooke Lopez on my team, and I think he's done incredibly well yeah. for the Milwaukee Bucks and on their respective teams. Brooke Lopez doesn't have to be as much to be in that matchup. Yeah, you're right. So. I think the great thing about Brooke Lopez, um, I think I want to say, I think Brooke Lopez's strength has become the fact that he is less likely to be any, but he, is, he still is. He's more likely than Aiton, but less likely to be run off the floor by three point shooters on defense. Yeah. Uh, Brooke Lopez has obviously become a great rim protector, but also someone who's now starting to be able to use his length in space in order to protect the basket further away from the basket. And guard and guard relatively most players decently in space. He's certainly not a liability. Where it comes down to it for me, because we've seen them both do it. Who's gonna win the Who's gonna win the battle in the glass? Um, obviously, we know rebounding's a team thing. But look, if there's if Milwaukee and Phoenix are gonna send one guy to the glass, it's DeAndre Ayton and Brooke Lopez. So. Yeah. I don't know where you guys think that one heads. I think I think to settle to settle the positional matchup, I'm gonna take. I have to take Aiton. But look, Brent Brent said it. If Brooke Lopez comes out and shoots threes at a relatively good clip and plays defense the way he has been, which is actually probably the best, some of the best defense we've seen in the postseason with a one hundred two point four defensive rating. Which is the best, easily the best among centers. 
Um, I think we see maybe that we see that matchup head in Brooke, Brooke Lopez's favor as as a veteran, right? Honestly, like, I like. Sorry, I like. I like where you're going with that. But honestly, like Brent said, game five, six, seven. Brooke Lopez is going to outshine DeAndre Ayton, and I have Ayton in the in that pick as well. But he's going to outshine him, and totally. Ayton's going to be a ghost. He's going to be. A I, I, I think Aiden's good, and I think he's the better player overall. And if I was again going to build around one hundred percent and going to take yep. a player, it would be Aiden. But at this point yep. in their careers, I'd rather have Brooke Lopez have in a Brooke. series clinching game than Aiden. I just it comes it's, down to the experience, especially the like what you said before. Player, the only experienced player the Suns have is Chris Paul. That's right, well, really if you want, if you want to talk about finals experience. The only player who's ever played Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, yeah, yes, but it, that's my point is they're inexperienced. Chris Paul is a great yeah. veteran to have on your team. Jay Crowder's got a little bit of finals experience, but when it comes down to it, who is who, who's the more yeah. experienced team? Not that mm-hmm. Milwaukee has a whole lot of finals, but, no, you're but right, Milwaukee, but. Milwaukee has easily has more playoff experience, exactly. And sure, the finals is a different beast. But if both of these teams are going into the finals for the first time, you take the team with more playoff experience. Because at the end of the cool. day, I'm sure every team wants to win as much and go to the finals. You know, obviously you want to win when you get to the finals, but you want to get there no matter You what, have to right? get there. Yeah. So the playoffs exactly, are just right? as important in retrospect. Because if you're not winning the first, second, and conference finals, you're not in yeah. the finals. Everyone's you have to have experience to get there. Everyone's playing for right. the same goal. Everyone is playing for the same goal. And that's why, yeah, that's why I think you make a really good point there. And especially as the third option in his team, I don't think DeAndre Ayton has been able to excel because he's finally been able to embrace that kind of rim running defensive, uh, defensive role that most centers see in the NBA today. And I think that's why a lot of, People are saying, oh, DeAndre Ayton's breaking out, which, sure, he is. Statistically speaking, he's scoring the same amount of points, so great efficiency, and being way better on defense. But at the end of the day, Ayton's only 22 and is much more likely as a young player to fall into mental lapses. Yeah. Which in a series like, like in the NBA Finals can cost you, which is why I think you make a great point about those game five, game six, and game seven. Yeah. Um, I guess if we look at it that way, um, I think, I think frankly, like if we're going to talk about starting fives and if we're assuming Giannis is fully healthy, I think it's easy to say that Milwaukee easily is the best player available and probably has the deeper starting, deeper starting five. It's not even close. They both have a big three. Yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee's a, is better. A big three is right. A it, big three yeah. quotation. Milwaukee's is better. Milwaukee's could be a legitimate big three, whereas the Suns, I think, are kind of frauds. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call them frauds. I just wouldn't call them. I wouldn't call a them a legitimate three to big, the extent. big three. I don't They've, think going into the season, ever anyone saw Devin yeah. Booker, Chris Paul, and Aiton as yeah. a big no, three. I honestly, I think, if anyone called them a big three at the start of the season, you look at them and say. Yeah, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. It's it's a little it's much different now. Obviously, we've seen what they've been able to do in the playoffs, and that's been a huge thing for a lot of players for the Phoenix Suns. 
But yeah, I still I still think they're frauds though. Like that's just I think I think you can only be fraud. I think you can only be frauds so much. Like, look, we know the injury luck, we know that, but and we know how much it happened, but eventually you have to play well enough to an extent to get there. Totally. I I agree with that. But like I know Milwaukee's played tougher teams. Like no, I think the Suns have earned it, other than the fact that they've had the easiest matchups, right? I think. I mean, they did play the Lakers and Clippers, but they LeBron were not a hundred. Let's be honest. Yeah, they AD were not. Out, Kawhi did, out. Did they still work for it? Yeah, you know what I mean. They still got there. They still pursued. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to the extent and call them frauds, but I wouldn't go to the extent and also call them a big three either. No, I think, I think, look, until we see, I think this is going to be the real, the real make or break, th- make or break moment for them, right? Like, this if they, is, if the going- Suns lose this finals, they're frauds. I, th- I think we're going to see the Suns if Chris Paul's back. I think we're going to see the Suns be very competitive again next year. I think we'll see them be a top four seed conference semifinals at least. Top four. Um, if, if I say they're going to be a top four seed, I think they're going to be number four. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think they'll um, be a number four too as well, to be honest. Do you think – and look, I think if you're going to call anything about the Phoenix Suns fraudulent, it's the fact that Campaign is their sixth man and was better known for, like, I don't know what – he was just dancing with Russell Westbrook. You know what I mean? Like, that – I love that story because you love to see a guy find success after adversity like that. Um, Cause he's been huge for them. He has but, been awesome. I'm not going to lie. He's been, he's yeah. been incredible. Yeah. But that kind of brings no, me to right. the point about the bench. Like I'm not really like, we know Milwaukee's bench is razor thin, but I haven't been sold on the Phoenix suns bench either, but I have to go with the Phoenix suns bench strictly because it's deeper and they have more, they have more options and more reliable bodies. Player to, to player, who so their six, sun six man is obviously sun Cameron six Payne, man but... would be Cameron Payne. So let's if we look at the bench for, I want to go like top top three bench players. And talk you want to go top guys. three? Top so three. We four. can go like let's six go to four. seven. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, four. six to eight. Sure. Sure. So six man, we got Cameron Payne. Seven, we got Cam Johnson. Eight, we got Tory Craig, and nine, we got Dario Saric. All right. I have uh, assuming yeah, Dario Saric. Yeah, I have to like him. I mean, let's. I'm not. I'm not a Dario Saric fan either. That's um, that ship has sailed for me yeah. too. Um, and this is where it gets interesting for the Bucks, obviously with Dante Divincenzo's injury. Um. That did really push, yeah, that's push tough. some guys up a, up a slot. So we're looking at. Uh, I'm gonna put Bobby Port. Bobby Portis is the sixth man for them now. Yeah. Uh, Pat Connaughton, Bryn Forbes, and then I'd have to say, like, if we're looking at minutes played strictly, uh, it's yeah, it would be like Jordan Nawara, but he's only played four games. So I'm gonna put Jeff Teague in at that last bench spot. For the box, dude. I I like I like the Suns bench better. It's it's have pretty more easy. Absolutely, it's more serviceable. It's guys who are more 
battle tested. Um, but the other thing about that too is we look at we look at the Bucks bench and they got one big and three guards. And then we look at the Suns bench and they've got yeah, they've just got a multitude. And their best guard of, is out, so on the bench. Their best guard on the bench yeah. is out. So Yeah. And even then, like I'm assuming Dante DiVincenzo would start and that pushes PJ Tucker, which is a huge boost because yeah. he feels like he feels a great role for them. But at the same time, it's uh I think for me that's gotta be the biggest advantage for the Suns is that they're gonna be able to turn to like three, four, maybe even five guys in the bench and know what they're gonna get. Um yeah. and possibly get some really good performances. Um no, don't get me wrong. Like Bobby Portis, Brent Forbes, Jeff Teague have all had all had good games for the Bucks, but very rarely has it all come together at once. Yeah, unlike the Suns. It's all been at different times during uh, during the play or during the series. Sorry. Yep, and I think we've seen some more consistency from the Suns, and that's why I would I would go with the Suns bench. It's, I think it's more versatile, and I think it's just deeper. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Well put. Well put. Yep. Uh, Brent, you got anything to add on the uh, the bench warmer situation? Well, it, it, not really. Like at the end of the day, no. the bench plays a huge role, but I think this series is going to be decided by the starting five. No, and I think you're right on that. And I've said it before, and I know we've we've kind of had disagreements about that. Depth definitely does matter, but at the end of the day, like your Giannis is going to play, like you know. They're all going to play north of 40 minutes, those guys. The guys yeah. they want to play are, are going to play. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see – I would really like to see Mike Budenholzer play them all above 40 minutes. Do I think he does? Probably not. But I think if there's ever going to be a time, this has got to be it. So Throw a change up in there and, yeah. Yeah. Well, not only that, but, like, I mean, I don't know what his his job security is like now that they've they've made the finals. But if it's not seven games, like you know, they lose in seven games, it's yeah, like it's probably he's probably it's packing done. his bags. Yeah, I he's think probably so. packing it his is, bags. To be right? honest, yeah, I think it is yeah. to be honest because I don't think they get a better opportunity than this year to win the title, especially, especially against the with, Suns. Not only that, but teams next year, like the you know, the Nets are going to be back and better. The Lakers are going to be better. I think the Clippers are going to be improved. Like, I just don't see yeah. – there's not a lot of uh, – I don't say – I won't say there's no optimism, but it's certainly going to be a tougher road next year. Now if, say uh, they do lose. Say now yeah. say – they. sorry to cut you off. Now say they do lose. Do you think they come back tougher than ever? Or if, do you think we've been saying that for the last couple of years? I think – I think it's hard not to say that they come back tougher than ever because if you're if you're gonna get there that close, it's good that you got there because you know what it takes to get there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you came as close as as anyone ever really could, uh, yeah. and you couldn't get it done. And that's the most disappointing feeling. And I know the only way to cure that feeling is to get it done just, next. Just time, send the right? coach. No, send yeah. the coach. <laughs> just, just send everyone, <laughs> pack their bags, relocate. Yeah, get everyone you know? out. Yeah, relocate. The get, city, it, the whole, get everyone out there. The whole city of Milwaukee is going to be destroyed if they don't win. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, finally, uh, kind of uh, wrapping this up. Um, predictions. Let's hear what we got for series predictions, winners, games. Let's hear it. Becky, I'm going to give it to you first. 
Yeah, I want to hear what you have to say. I, I, I'm going to say this pretty confidently. Milwaukee in seven. I think... Uh, confidently, eh? I, I'm going to say I'll, I do like the chances of Milwaukee winning because I think Milwaukee has another gear, and I think finally with the opportunity for some teammates to shine without Giannis, I think there's going to be a lot of confidence going into that. Uh, even Drew Holiday said it. It's like we're we feel like a true team now. Like we feel like a good yeah. team because we're, we've been able to so. pick it up. Yeah, they yeah. feel deeper. They feel better, right? They know they can push to that other gear as a team. And yeah. Giannis's return obviously is only going to help them. So I feel I feel confident in saying that Milwaukee's going to win uh, games is always one thing, but I think. You're the finals, you're two teams. Like your Phoenix is obviously hot. Milwaukee, um, obviously playing well too. I think it's gonna go seven. I think it's going Milwaukee. Fair enough. No, it's a good prediction. I like that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take one game off of you though, and I'm gonna go right. Milwaukee in six. Although I'm gonna say this, I do want the Suns to win because I want CP3 to grab a ring. But I just like I like the uh, Milwaukee Bucks too much. Like I do. So I'm going we CB3 vet minimum to the Nets next year. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> um, so, Justin, I don't hate that you want CB3 to win a ring. But right now, I'm stuck between <laughs> – I believe I sent this into the group chat earlier. And I'm, I'm really, really stuck between – sorry, I'm just about to quote this. Do I want Booker and Aiton to get their rings or Giannis to complete his first ballot Hall of Fame resume and wash CP3? And I'm going with the latter on this one. I want Giannis to absolutely wash CP3. I don't think this guy needs a ring. This guy just proved to me that he's a fucking dick. I don't like him. And uh, great player. Great player. Definitely definitely a top yeah. five-pointer. Yeah, no, no question. But... Mm-hmm. I no longer have any respect for him for this playoff run. Don't hold back, okay. eh? Just don't hold no, back. Just, just, yeah, <laughs> just let it all out. You'll hear all about this on Friday when the episode comes out on like all the all the platforms and stuff. Suns go up. Suns go up. A yeah. couple of games. The uh, podcast is, yeah. See, the yeah. thing is, this playoffs has proven to me that I don't care who goes up in a series. I'm Fair still enough. going with my original prediction, which is Milwaukee in five. Yep. All and right. I agree with that. I agree with All that, right. to be honest. Milwaukee in five, you said. Milwaukee in five. Oh, holy jeez. Okay. Okay. Now, that's with the expectation that Giannis plays game – like plays from game the – Game one. Out. If Giannis doesn't yeah. play game one, I have Milwaukee in seven. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah. That'll uh, – that is – yeah. That's interesting. I'd, and yeah. I think that might be all we have, no? Yeah, I, th- I think that is all we have. And uh, in saying that, we will cut off this episode here – Make sure you go check out the OCS Network pages. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook, online at oldcitysports.com, uh, spelled O-L-D-E, citysports.com. Our schedule is up there now, and you can check that out. It will be updated as we get more stuff going on in the summer, maybe some YouTube stuff. Not sure what else is going to be out there. Uh, on July 11th, the Rumble Fumble uh, live show is going to be coming out. Beck is a host on a co-host on that. Um, going to be filling a pretty similar role to what he does here for us, I believe. And it's, uh, it's going to be an awesome show. They're going to get some NFL guys out there. Sorry. And 
As always, check out Flyers Alley, the Dusty Buttes, and the anything else that you see on our network page. Once again, we don't want to get paid by you guys. We want to get paid by the people who let you watch these things. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. So if you want us to keep doing this, give us a like, share us to your friends. And if you like us, you'll like the rest of the shows on the network. So in saying that, guys, appreciate all the love we get from you guys and cheers. Cheers, boys. Go.